Welcome to the MVP Podcast. Today is October 29th, 2020. I want to wish everybody a happy early Halloween. Hope you guys have a nice Halloween weekend. It's always nice when Halloween is on a what on a Saturday this year, so that's always nice. So let's get it started. So the Dodgers got their first World Series win in 32 years Tuesday night after beating the Rays 3-1 to in Game 6 of the World Series. So the controversy in this game is that the Rays pulled Blake Snell in the sixth inning while he was just dealing against the Dodgers. And I guess like the do-up that was next, he had them like at 0 for 6 with four strikeouts or something between the three of them. So it was a really weird situation when they pulled Snell, but the Dodgers took advantage of that and ended up taking the lead in that inning and won the game in this series to, like I said, win their first World Series in 32 years and break their little drought that they had. So I guess if anybody were to win the World Series this year except the Cubs, I guess I'm happy for the Dodgers. I mean, after that 2017 cheating series with the Astros, you just kind of feel bad for them. They've just kind of gotten shafted. And I guess if you want to count the Red Sox, didn't they play? They, they lost to the Red Sox, didn't they? And they were alleged cheaters as well. So I guess in this weird season, it's nice that the Dodgers could get a World Series win after they got cheated twice. Um, and, and now it's nice to see Kershaw get a win. I mean, he I think he's cemented himself as an all-time pitcher ever. And I think he cemented himself as one of the all-time Dodger greats. So it's a great series for Kershaw. Great for him to finally get that World Series win. He's definitely earned it. He's been so great throughout his career for him to not have accomplished that World Series when he's been so close so many times. Uh, you just got to feel good for that guy. He's one of them, been one of the most dominant pitchers in recent history. So it's nice to see him get a win. And And the craziest thing is this is the Dodgers' third trip to the World Series in four years. And they've got this young core that I think that they can just keep going back. They've now got Mookie and they've got um, Cody Bellinger and just they've got some pieces. So I think Urias is good. So, I mean, they can they can go back a few more times. They just got to keep some of their young pieces together and make sure that they replace their aging stars with incoming talent that can that can provide and provide some something to that lineup and, and replace those those stars that leave while their young guys become stars themselves because they've got a lot of young guys that are becoming stars themselves. So congrats to the Dodgers, much-deserved win. Now all L.A. needs is a Rams or a Chargers victory for the Triple Crown. So, I mean, and then what, the Kings are out there too? If you get the Kings and the Rams or the Chargers and win all four major sports, that'd be ridiculous. So congrats to the Dodgers, congrats to Kirchhoff, much-deserved win. Nice for them to bring home the World Series, and I guess we'll see if L.A. can, can get the three-peat of titles this year. That'd be wild. So congrats to the Dodgers. We got a great show today, so we're going to get it started with NFL Week 8 Preview, where there's a lot of great matchups this weekend. We're going to get it started with our stay away with my stay-away games, then we're going to move into the purgatory games before finishing up with my locks of the week and best bets, and then we're going to cap the show with TV time, where we're going to talk about Friday Night Tykes, so let's get to it.
We're going to kick off the week eight slate with my stay away games. And first up on the stay away slate is going to be the Falcons versus the Panthers. This one is the Thursday night football game and it'll be in Carolina. Falcons come in at one and six and Carolina comes in at three and four. The money line on this is Carolina minus 141, Atlanta plus 125 with the spread being Carolina minus two and a half. So I'm going to take Carolina money line and Carolina minus two and a half in this one. It's looking like McCaffrey will be back, but even without him, I'm going to take those Carolina picks. This is a stay away game though, because you never really know what the Falcons can do. They've choked away so many games this year and who knows if they'll get a lead and choke away again, or if they actually could pull out a win this time, or maybe they'll just get their asses kicked by the Carolina and not even have to worry about choking it away. So who knows with Atlanta? So this is a stay away game, division interdivision rivals. It's tough, tough to make those calls. And with these two teams kind of in limbo, I would stay away from this one. But with it being in Carolina, and I think Carolina's the better team, I'm gonna pick Carolina in this one for fantasy. My stardom for Carolina is going to be DJ Moore. He had two touchdowns last week, so he's starting to really turn it on, and he should be able to get in the end zone again this week in hopefully what could be a high-scoring game against Atlanta. My sit is going to be Mike Davis. It's looking like McCaffrey's going to be coming back, so if he does, that'll make Davis lose a lot of fantasy value, and it might make him lose enough to where you might have to find somebody else to replace him in your lineup if that's a guy that you've been playing over the last couple weeks. My stardom for Atlanta is going to be Matt Ryan. He's got so many wide receiver options, and they should be able to get open for him. And I I think they're going to be playing from behind, so Matt Ryan's going to have to be airing it out to get the Falcons back in this game. My stardom this week is going to be Russell Gage, with Julio back, and Ridley stepping up as as the clear number two option. I think there's just been less targets for Gage, which leads to less receptions and less yards. So maybe keep Gage on your bench to see if people start to cover Ridley and Julio a little tighter. But for right now, it's looking like Julio and Ridley are the go-to guys. So Gage is kind of going to lose a lot of value that he had while Julio was out. So my sit for Atlanta is going to be Russell Gage. My next stay away game is going to be the Bears versus the Saints. Saints come in at 4-2, and and the Bears come in at 5-2. and This one will be a 425 game in Chicago. So the money line on this is New Orleans minus 200 and Chicago plus 175, with the spread being New Orleans minus 4. So I'm going to take New Orleans money line, but Chicago plus 4. I think this will be a field goal differential game, so I like the 4 points for Chicago. But I'm going to take New Orleans' money line because I think their offense will just be the deciding factor in this one. Uh, I just think that the Bears' offense has struggled lately, and New Orleans can really take advantage of that. But this is really just a stay-away game for me because there's no like real clear-cut, like, oh, that I think that team is just better. I think both of these teams are about even. So it's just kind of one of those games that there's a lot of other games to bet on in the slate and this one is just going to be one of those that's just kind of a coin flip in my opinion so I would stay away just because like the Bears are good enough to beat the Saints but I think that the Saints do have an advantage offensively so 
I'm going to take the Saints money line with the Bears plus four, but I would stay away from this game. There's much better games to take. So uh, my advice would be this one would be a for sure stay away game. For fantasy, my stardom for New Orleans is going to be Alvin Kamara. He's one of the top running backs in the league and should have a good day versus Chicago if they want to win and be successful. My sit-em is going to be Latavius Murray. Um, this Bears defense is pretty tough, and I expect them to be able to shut down the Bears like or the Saints' power run game. So around the goal line, I expect them to be able to slow down Murray and force them to throw or just have the Saints score from further out than around the goal line. So I don't expect Murray to get a lot of yardage or a lot of touches this week. I think that Kamara will get a majority of the carries and passing um, down touches. My start in this week for Chicago is going to be David Montgomery. He's been one of their only real consistent guys every week, putting up around 11 to whatever amount of points every week. He, he at least gets you a good 10, 11 every week. So I would start him, even though it's going to be a tough matchup with the Saints. I think that he's your best bet for having a consistent fantasy point getter. My sit this week is going to be Anthony Miller. He didn't get a lot of targets the last couple weeks and hasn't scored a touchdown since week three. So if you have him on your team, I would hold him on your bench and kind of take a wait-and-see approach and see what you can get out of him over the next couple weeks, and, or at least this week, and see if he does anything, and then maybe consider it for next week if he has a big week. But for right now, I'd sit him and just kind of play it and see what he does. Next up, we got one of the games that I think will be one of the better ones of the day. And it is the Ravens versus the Steelers. This one will be a one o'clock game in Baltimore. Steelers are coming in at six and zero, and the Ravens are coming in at five and one. The money line on this is Baltimore minus two hundred, Pittsburgh plus one seventy five, with the spread being Baltimore minus four. So I'm going to take Pittsburgh plus one seventy five and Pittsburgh plus four. This should be a great, great game between two AFC North heavyweights. But I'm taking Pittsburgh because I just like what they've been doing this season. I think that their defense is extremely underrated, and they've been really good, and their offense has found ways to score with Chase Claypool stepping up. They need Juju to get back involved, but James Conner has been good. So I think that they're going to go into Baltimore and get this win, but it's also on the stay-away games because going into Baltimore is going to be tough. This Baltimore team has a great defense also, and led by Lamar Jackson and their versatile offense. Like, you never know what's going to happen between these two teams, and these two teams are clearly two of the top teams in the AFC and the top two teams in the AFC North. So it should be fun to watch them go head-to-head and see who can come out of this game with the division lead. But I would put your money elsewhere, sit back and watch this game. It'll be fun, but don't want to have to be sweating this one out. It'll be much more fun to just watch these two heavyweights battle it out on Sunday afternoon rather than have to sweat it out and be nervous unless you really like that if you like that then go for it that'll be this will be a fun one but one o'clock in Baltimore afternoon game it'll just be nice to sit back on the couch and watch these two heavyweights go head to head so I would put your money elsewhere my stardom this week is gonna for the Pittsburgh Steelers is going to be James Conner this should be a grinded out defensive game, so I think Connor will be important if they can establish the run and get him going early. Then they'll be able to really control this game and control what um, Baltimore is able to do. My sit this week is going to be Chase Claypool. 
He's been getting pretty tightly covered the last couple weeks and getting some of the top assignments. So I would hold him out one more week and see if he can get back on track and then put him back in the lineup. But for this week against a good Baltimore defense, I would keep him out. My stardom this week for the Ravens is going to be Lamar Jackson. He's one of the best quarterbacks for fantasy, and he should be in your lineup every week. So he should be able to get it done through the air and running against the Steelers this week. My sit him this week is going to be Mark Ingram. He might not play due to injury. I think he has a high ankle sprain. But even if he does, this Pittsburgh defense is tough. So regardless of whether Mark Ingram is healthy or not, if you have a better option uh, or a different option that has a better matchup, I would do that because Ingram's either not playing or he's up against a really tough Pittsburgh defense. So my sit him this week for Baltimore is going to be Mark Ingram. My next stay away game is the Browns versus the Raiders. This is a one o'clock game in Cleveland. Coming into this one, the Browns are five and two and the Raiders are three and three. The money line on this is Browns minus 155 and Raiders plus 135 with the spread being Browns minus two and a half. So I'm going to take the Browns in this one because I think that their offense has just shown that they can get it done and that they're high scoring no matter if they have OBJ or not. After he went out last week, they had a bunch of young receivers step up like Donovan Peoples-Jones and Rashad Higgins. So they had a lot of guys that stepped up, and I expect them to do a little bit more this week after having a full week of practice in their bigger roles. So I think the Browns, so I'm taking the Browns minus 155 and minus two and a half this week, especially at home. I think that they're going to be able to get it done. But this is a stay away game for me because the Raiders are good. I mean, they've been playing good football lately. John Gruden has that team playing well, and Derek Carr has been pretty solid, and they've got a lot of good pieces. So, I mean, you never know what the Browns, with the Browns, I mean, they almost lost to the Bengals last week before barely squeaking it out on a game winning touchdown. So, I mean, the Raiders are good, but so are the Browns. So this is just a stay away game for me because of that reason. Both these teams are pretty closely matched in my opinion. I just think that the Browns offense is a little bit more powerful, but I would stay away from this one. Like I've been saying, there's a bunch of other games to bet on. This one is just not one that I would risk with all the other options out there. For fantasy this week for the Browns, my stardom is going to be Kareem Hunt. He should be able to get it done on the passing game and on the ground. He should be one of their key aspects in their offense now that they've lost Odell and Nick Chubb. So him and Jarvis should hopefully be signature pieces this week. My sit-in this week is going to be Ernest Johnson. I expect Hunt to get most of the snaps, and I expect this to be a pretty tight game. So I think that um, Ernest Ernest Johnson won't get a lot of carries and that Hunt will get a majority of the carries and be on the field for a majority of the snaps. My stardom this week for the Raiders is going to be Derek Carr. I think that they're going to be playing from behind, and Carr's been pretty good at airing the ball out this year, so I think that he'll be able to get some yardage and hopefully get a touchdown or two. My sit-in this week is going to be Nelson Aguilar. I think that he had a good week last week, so I think that the Browns are going to key in on him and make sure that he doesn't do that again. Um, There's a bunch of other options that the Raiders have, so I think that him having back-to-back good weeks is just not going to happen. So my sit-in this week for the Raiders is going to be Nelson Aguilar. My last stay-away game of the weekend is going to be the 49ers versus the Seahawks. This one will be at 425 in Seattle. Coming into this one, Seattle is 5-1 and and San Francisco is 4-3. 
The money line on this is Seattle minus 165 and San Francisco plus 145 with the spread being Seattle minus three. So I'm going to take Seattle minus three and minus 165 in this game. I think they get a nice bounce back home victory after that tough OT loss to the Cardinals last week. I think Russ will be much better this week than he was last week. He had some key interceptions and that'll be the difference maker for them. The Niners are also hurting. They've had a few couple more injuries of guys going down. They have found ways to plug those holes as of late. So that's why I'm making this a stay away game. I almost put this in my purgatory category because I just I like the Seahawks that much. But I'm going to put it in my stay away. But if you decide to bet on Seattle because of some Sunday injury news, or if you decide to bet on Seattle at all, I don't think it's a bad pick. I just would stay away because I think that the Niners are sneaky and there's some other games that are could be better options for you. So my stardom this week for Seattle is going to be Russell Wilson. He's the MVP this year so far. He's got multiple touchdowns in every game, so you should be starting him every week. He should be getting you a lot of points. My sit-em this week is going to be Chris Carson. It looks like he's going to miss this game, but keep an eye on him because he could play, but as of right now, it's not looking good for him, and it's looking like he's going to be out for this one. My start on this week for San Francisco is going to be George Kittle. He's had over 40 yards and four catches in every game, so he's a constant threat to give you points every week. So with those kind of minimal numbers, he's your clear number one tight end. My sit this week is going to be the 49ers defense. I think Seattle's offense puts up a lot of points, so... There's got to be some better defenses out there. If you have San Francisco's defense, I think that they could end up getting negative if Seattle puts up enough points. So my sit this week for the Niners is going to be their defense. We're going to kick off the purgatory slate, which is my games that aren't really locks but aren't stay away games. They're just kind of in between. So I'm going to just start calling them my purgatory games. So we're going to kick off the purgatory games with Colts versus Lions. This one will be a 1 o'clock game in Detroit. Coming into this one, the Colts are 4-2 and two and the Lions are 3-3. Three and three. The money line on this is Colts minus 152 and Detroit plus 135 with the spread being Colts minus 3. So I'm taking Colts minus 3 and Colts minus 152 in this one. This one's in my purgatory category because I just haven't been really impressed with either of these teams, but I also haven't been like really unimpressed with these teams. I mean, the Lions aren't great, but... Colts haven't really shown me that they can be a great team, but they also haven't shown me that they're a bad team. So I'm taking the Colts in this one because I think that they're just the better team in this and they're coming off a bye week. So that'll give them a little extra rest and preparation for this game. But they've also just shown that they can be a contender this season, even if it's just a dark horse contender at best. So I think that the Colts are just better in this one. So that's why I'm going to take them minus 152 and minus three. My stardom this week for the Colts is going to be Jonathan Taylor. I think that the Colts should be able to get a lead in this one and be able to run the ball and control the clock with Taylor. They also just like to run the ball in general, so Taylor should help them establish what they want to do this week versus the Lions. My sit this week is going to be T.Y. I think T.Y. has... I've been hoping for, for a breakout from T.Y. for the past couple of weeks, and if you have better options on your bench, I would suggest playing those guys over him this week and see it, take a wait-and-see approach with T.Y., he just has been so bad for fantasy purposes that it's hard to just continue to keep starting him when you could have better options on your bench. So my sit him this week for the Colts is going to be T.Y. Hilton. 
My stardom this week for the Lions is going to be Matthew Stafford. They should be playing from behind, so Matthew Stafford should have a lot of pass attempts and should be able to get a lot of yardage for you. So my stardom is going to be Matthew Stafford. My sit this week for the Lions is going to be Adrian Peterson. DeAndre Swift stepped up last week and has kind of declared himself as the lead back. So I expect Peterson's production to go down. So if you have him on your team, I would either look to see if DeAndre Swift is available or find another option to replace Peterson because DeAndre Swift is going to be getting a lot more of the production from their running back group. Next up, we got Cowboys versus Eagles. This will be the Sunday night football game in Philly. Coming into this one, the Eagles are 2-4-1 and four and, one and Dallas is 2-5. and five. The money line on this is Dallas plus 265 and Philly minus 335 with the spread being Philly minus seven and a half. So I'm not sure what to do with Dallas here. They're just kind of a mess. So I'm going to take the Eagles minus 335 and minus seven and a half just because I think Wentz has been good enough lately and he's kind of turned enough of a corner that he'll be able to dice up this Dallas defense and get a nice win over their division rival. So this isn't a lock for me because I'm not super high on the Eagles either, even though the Cowboys are a mess with some breakout games from Zeke or Amari Cooper or CeeDee Lamb or Michael Gallup. Anything could happen. They've got the weapons. If they could just get the ball in the hands of those guys offensively, they could be good. But I just think that their defense sucks balls and that Carson Wentz is going to be able to annihilate them and get a nice win for them, just like Washington did last week. So that's why I'm picking Philly minus 7.5 and and minus 335 in this one. My stardom this week for Philly is going to be Carson Wentz. He's had a few solid weeks that he's strung together, so I expect him to continue his hot streak. My sit this week is going to be Miles Sanders. It's looking like he's going to be out again. So if you have him, try to find a replacement for him for one more week. It looks like he should be back next week. My stardom this week for the Cowboys is going to be Ezekiel Elliott. I think that with them having Dalton and Dak both out that what's his name Ben Ben did something I can't remember they're gonna have to run the ball so Zeke is gonna have to get a lot of carries and establish himself early if they're gonna have any chance of beating the Eagles my sit this week is gonna be Michael Gallup he's kind of been on a downturn the last few weeks and hasn't really done anything so I would hold on to him but keep him on your bench for now and see if he can regain what he had earlier or get more involved in the Cowboys offense. So my sit this week for the Cowboys is going to be Michael Gallup. My next purgatory game is going to be Rams versus Dolphins. This one will be at 1 o'clock in Miami. Coming into this, the Rams are 5-2 and two and the Dolphins are 3-3. Three and three. The money line on this is Rams minus 205 and Miami plus 180, with the spread being Rams minus 4. So this will be the debut of Tua, so that should be fun to see Tua, but unfortunately, I think his start will go poorly. The Rams' defense looked really good last week against the Bears, so I think that they're going to give Tua some trouble. So I'm going to take Rams' money line and Rams' minus four. I think Goff has been good enough, and the offense should be able to do enough to get the, the job done this week versus Miami. Miami has been showing some positive signs, but I think a lot of it had to do with Ryan Fitzpatrick. And not that it's a bad move to go to Tua, because I really think that it's 
it's the best move for them to go to Tua. But bringing in a rookie quarterback, you never know what you're going to get in his debut. So I think that the smart money pick here is going to be on the Rams. So that's why I'm going to take the Rams this week. My stardom this week for the Rams is going to be Jared Goff. He had He's had two touchdowns in the last three games and has averaged over 200 yards passing in all those games. So he should be able to do something pretty similar to that. Two touchdowns, 200 yards or, or more versus Miami. So my stardom is going to be Jared Goff. My sit is going to be Gerald Everett. He had a solid week on Monday Night Football versus the Bears, but that was with Tyler Higby out. So with Tyler Higby back, his production should go back to what he was before, which was pretty much irrelevant. My stardom this week for the Dolphins is going to be Miles Gaskin. He's really been one of their few consistent threats, and I think with Tua being in his debut, they're going to run the ball probably a little bit more than they did before just to kind of establish something else that's not Tua just airing it out. But also I think that the Rams' pressure was great last week, so Gaskin could be a nice check-down target for Tua in the past game. My sit this week is going to be Preston Williams. He's had a solid last couple weeks, but now with Tua as the starting quarterback, I think that he's going to focus on getting the ball to Devontae Parker a little bit more. So I think that Preston Williams' stock dropped just a little bit until we see what we can get out of him with Tua under center. Next up, we've got Pats versus Bills. This will be a 1 o'clock game in Buffalo, and coming into this one, Buffalo is 5-2, and two, and the Pats are 2-4. and four. The money line on this is Buffalo minus 186 and New England plus 163, with the spread being Buffalo minus 3.5. So I'm going to take Buffalo minus 186 and minus 3.5 here. I just think that the Pats have looked pretty bad the last few weeks, and Cam has kind of lost what he had to start the year. He's just not been as good. I think the Bills offense is looking to get back on track. They had a weird field goal only game last week. So I think that their offense will really try to push the ball down the field and get a lot of points and get in the end zone because they couldn't last week. But this is a purgatory game because you never know what Bill Belichick could be plotting to slow down this offense. So I, I never really like betting against Bill Belichick, but I really do think that the Bills are much better, and I think that they can win by at least a touchdown. So the three and a half should be pretty easy for them to cover. So that's why I'm going to take the Bills. I just think they're the better team. I think that their defense is solid. The Pats offense hasn't done shit. So my pick is the Bills minus three and a half and Bills minus 186. My stardom this week for fantasy for the Bills is going to be Josh Allen. He's been one of the best quarterbacks he struggled the last couple weeks, but hopefully against this Pats offense or defense, they can get back on track and get in the end zone a couple times for him. My sit this week is going to be John Brown. He hasn't done much even when the offense was on fire. So while the offense is struggling, I expect him to do just about nothing. So I would sit and wait and see if he can turn it around and become part of that offense again. My stardom for the Pats is going to be James White. Couldn't really find anybody else that was worthy of being a stardom this week, but I think James White is probably their best candidate. He's going to get some rushes, and he'll be key in the pass game. I mean, they just haven't been good the last couple weeks, so if they turn it around, he could be a key player this week. My sit this week is going to be Cam Newton. I would take a wait-and-see approach with Cam after the last two games of him just being atrocious and getting you negative points pretty much. 
I would just wait and see with Cam. There's a lot better options for quarterback that are guaranteed to get you a decent amount of points where if Cam does what he did the last two weeks, that's just no good for you or your team. So my sit this week for the Pats is going to be Cam Newton. My last purgatory game of the week is going to be Chargers versus Broncos. This one will be at 4.05 in Denver, and both teams are coming in at 2-4. and four. The money line on this is Chargers minus 175 and Broncos plus 150, with the spread being Chargers minus 3.5. So I'm going to take Chargers minus 175 and minus 3.5. I just think that Herbert and the Chargers have really got, got it going, and I think that they're going to keep it rolling this week in Denver. I just think that the Chargers have more weapons and Herbert is really starting to look like a franchise quarterback that could really get it done for them. So I really think that they're going to come into Denver and really just hand it to the Broncos this week. But between division rivals, you never really know. So proceed with caution. But I would say that the Chargers are a pretty safe bet here. I've been pretty impressed with what Herbert's been able to do. And with him having Keenan Allen and some of the other threats on that team, I just think that gives him a really nice advantage. So for fantasy this week, my stardom is going to be Justin Herbert. Like I've been saying, he's been pretty good the last few weeks, so I expect that to, to continue and for him to maybe even get better. My sit this week is going to be Mike Williams. He hasn't been very good the last few weeks and hasn't been targeted a lot, so I'd take a wait-and-see approach with him if you have him. My sit stardom this week for Denver is going to be Melvin Gordon. They should be able to establish the run. If not, then Gordon should be able to get involved in the passing game. So I think either way, Gordon's been pretty consistent for them this year, so he's going to get you some fantasy points regardless. My sit this week is going to be Philip Lindsay with Gordon back. Um, <clears throat> sorry, with Gordon being the main back, Lindsay hasn't re- really been able to do much. So if you have him on your team, he hasn't really been putting up a lot of points, even when... He's been getting the touches, so I would just kind of stay away from Philip Lindsay at this point. And if you can find a better bench replacement for him, I would consider dropping him. Denver is going to be playing from behind a lot, and he may not be getting in the game. So my sit-em this week for Denver is going to be Philip Lindsay. My first lock of the week comes in the Titans versus Bengals game. This will be at one o'clock in Cincinnati. Tennessee comes in at five and one, and Cincinnati is one and five and one. The money line on this is Tennessee minus two fifty, and Cincinnati plus two fifteen, with the spread being Tennessee minus six. So my first lock of the week is Tennessee money line and Tennessee minus six. Tennessee's only loss of the year comes against undefeated Pittsburgh team. So I think that, and they made it close. They almost won the game. So I think that. They're just the better team here, and they're really just going to steamroll Cincinnati, and Derrick Henry is going to run wild, and they'll be able to get a nice win. Expect Burrow to kind of put up some sort of fight. He's been pretty tough the last few weeks up against the Colts and the Browns, so expect Burrow to have a nice game and put up a fight, but I'm taking Tennessee minus six and money line. I think that they'll at least win by a touchdown, so this is my first lock of the week. For fantasy, my stardom is going to be Derrick Henry. He's one of the top running backs in the league and should be able to run all over this Cincinnati defense. My sit this week is going to be Johnny Smith. I just think that with the receivers that they have, with A.J. Brown and Corey Davis both healthy now, that they've been getting open and they've been getting a lot of the catches. 
And in the red zone, they've been able to go to Derrick Henry and just kind of play the power run game. So Johnny Smith's just kind of been phased out of that offense a little bit. So if you have a better tight end option, I would sit him and take a wait and see approach and see if he gets more involved in the offense this week. But if you don't have a better option at tight end, he's not a bad option to start, but he's my sit him this week for the Titans. My start him this week for the Bengals is going to be Joe Burrow. He had a great week last week versus the Browns, and I expect him to be in kind of a similar situation this week versus Tennessee, so he should be able to get kind of similar numbers. But obviously, he might not be able to do what he did last week. He was unbelievable, but he he could get get somewhere somewhere in that range. My sit him this week is going to be AJ Green. Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins have shown that they can step up and be primary receivers on this team. And at some times, it just seems that AJ Green is just uninterested in this team because they're so bad. So I would sit him and try to find other guys if possible. But if you really need a wide receiver, AJ Green might not be a bad option. But he is my sit him this week for the Bengals. My second lock of the week is the Bucks versus the Giants. This is the Monday night football game in New York this week. Coming in, Tampa Bay is 5-2, and two, and the Giants are 1-6. The money line on this is Tampa Bay minus 530, and the Giants plus 400, with the spread being Tampa Bay minus 10.5. So my second lock of the week is going to be Tampa Bay money line, and I'll lock, I'll lock the Tampa Bay minus 10.5. They've been rolling lately, and I really just think they're going to steamroll the Giants in this one. Their defense has been really good, really, really good lately, and I think it's going to give Daniel Jones problems, and it's going to really just stifle their run game. And I think that Tom Brady's just going to be on it once again. I'm not sure if they're going to have AB, but if they do, that'd be a lot of fun. But I think if they can blow out a good Packers team, they're going to just absolutely destroy the Giants. So I'm looking for a big Bucks win on Sunday over or on Monday over the Giants. For fantasy, my stardom this week for the Bucks is going to be Tom Brady. He's coming off a hot performance versus the Raiders, so I expect him and the offense to keep it going. My sit is going to be Cameron Brait. I think Gronk has kind of stepped up, and he's become one of the top wide receiver targets, especially with O.J. Howard going out. So I'd rather play Gronk than Cameron Brait at this point, so my sit is going to be Cameron Brait. My stardom this week for the Giants is going to be Daniel Jones. Uh, he's been actually running the ball decently so that's been a nice addition to his passing yardage that he gets you for fantasy points wise so I think that he'll be able to get it done through the air and on the ground and I think that they'll be getting their shit kicked out of them so he'll be passing a lot so expect Daniel Jones to have a decent day for fantasy my sit this week is going to be Devontae Freeman he had a rough week last week and should really have a tough time versus the Bucks defense. Their run defense has been really good, like I said earlier. And he's coming off an injury that knocked him out of the last game. So I would not rely on Devontae Freeman to get you any decent amount of points this week. So my sit is going to be Devontae Freeman. My next lock of the week is the Chiefs versus the Jets. This one will be a 1 o'clock game in Kansas City. Coming into this one, the Chiefs are 6-1 and one and the Jets are 0-7. The money line on this is Chiefs minus 2,000 and the Jets plus 1,200 with the spread being Chiefs minus 19.5. So I'm going to take the Chiefs minus 2,000 and <laughs> minus 19.5. So lock those two in. This is a huge spread, but I mean if the Dolphins can beat them by 24, the Chiefs can win by at least 20. Like, come on. 
there's not really much more to say in this game other than the Jets suck and the Chiefs are good. So I'm looking for a Chiefs blowout. Maybe we'll see another Chad Henney sighting if Mahomes has a good enough day early. So I'm taking Chiefs minus 2,000 and minus 19.5. So for fantasy, my stardom is going to be Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. They should be running the ball a lot, so between him and Bell, they should get a decent amount of touches. My sit is going to be McCole Hardman. He's been kind of the low producer for the receiver group in the last few weeks, so I expect him to get a lead early and kind of run the ball a little bit. So those production for all those receivers should dip slightly, so his should dip more than the other two. My stardom this week for the Jets is going to be Jameson Crowder. He's kind of just been their top fantasy guy or one of them all season. So if there's one guy that's probably going to have a decent fantasy day, it'll most likely be him. My sit is going to be Frank Gore. LaMichael Pirine came in and had a good day last week, so I expect him to get a majority of the carries, and I expect Gore to not be as involved in the offense as he was early on in the season. My last lock of the week is the Packers versus the Vikings. This one will be a 1 o'clock game in Green Bay. Coming into this one, Green Bay is 5-1 and one and Minnesota's 1-5. The money line on this is Green Bay minus 315 and Minnesota plus 263 with the spread being Green Bay minus 6.5. So I'm going to lock in Green Bay minus 315 and minus 6.5. I just think they're back on track after they got smoked by the Bucks. They really came in and beat up on the Texans. And their offense has been one of the best in the league. They've put up 30-plus in just about every game except for the one versus the Bucks. So I think that they're just going to outshoot Minnesota. I just don't think Minnesota has enough weapons to keep up with the Packers' offense. And Packers should be able to cover that touchdown spread, if not more. So my last lock of the week is the Packers, minus 6.5 and, and minus 3.15. For fantasy, my stardom this week is going to be Aaron Rodgers. He's been on fire this season and is kind of a dark horse MVP, or maybe not even a dark horse, maybe just like the second MVP guy behind Russ. But I expect him to be able to dice up this Packers or this Packers, this Vikings defense, and be able to get the ball to Devontae Adams again and get in the end zone a few times. My cinema this week for Green Bay is going to be Marquez Val- Valdez Scantling. When Devontae Adams came back, his role got diminished, so I don't think that his role will improve. I think Devontae Adams is the clear number one guy and is going to get a majority of the targets, so I think that's really going to hurt Scantling's production, so that's why he's my sit this week. My start this week for the Vikings is Justin Jefferson. He's just been on fire the last few games that they've had. And this week, playing from behind, I think he's going to get a lot of opportunities. So look for him to get into the end zone once, maybe twice. My sit this week is going to be Kyle Rudolph. He hasn't really done much for them this season, so I don't really expect that to change. They should be playing from behind, so maybe he'll get some more opportunities. But with Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson stepping up, there's just not a lot of reason to start him unless you have a desperate, desperate need for a tight end. Okay, let's wrap up the week eight preview with best bets. So I got five parlays for you guys to look at this week. Four of them are 
more legitimate. The last one is just kind of the my new like kind of wild if you want to take it and make some money um, parlay. So let's get it started with the one o'clock parlay. I've got a four team parlay. The odds on this are plus three fifty one, which is ten dollars to win thirty five dollars and eleven cents. And this is Green Bay money line, Tennessee money line, Indianapolis money line, and the Rams money line. Next up, I've got a four o'clock parlay. This is a three team parlay. The odds on this are plus two seventy nine which is $10 to win $27.86. And this is New Orleans money line, Chargers money line, and Seahawks money line. Next up, I've got the full slate parlay, which is a six-teamer. This is the odds on this are plus 485. So that's $10 to win $45.81. And this is Indianapolis money line. Green Bay money line, Buffalo money line, Kansas City money line, Tennessee money line, and Tampa Bay money line. And then next up, my last legitimate one, and then I'll go over the wild one, is my lock parlay. This is a four-team parlay. The odds on this are plus 128, which is $10 to win $12.70. And this is Tennessee money line, Tampa Bay money line, Kansas City money line and Green Bay money line. All four of my locks of the week. And then my last one I've got for you guys is my wild parlay of the week. This is a 10 team parlay. The odds on this are plus 2,971. So that's $10 to win $297.05. So this is Indianapolis money line, Rams money line, Packers money line, Buffalo money line. Kansas City money line, Tennessee Tennessee money line, Chargers money line, Saints money line, Seahawks money line, and Tampa Bay money line. So take what you want with those and take what you want with my picks this week. We've got a really good slate this week. I think that there's a lot of good games to be betting on. So hopefully you guys win some money this week. It should be a fun week of NFL football once again. On this episode of TV Time, I would like to talk about a guilty pleasure of mine, and that is the TV show Friday Night Tykes. So this show has four seasons with 10 episodes that are an hour long on Netflix. So this is a reality show about like youth football in San Antonio and some of the surrounding areas. And when I'm saying youth football, I'm talking about like peewee, like these kids are like 10, 11, 12, maybe 13. I don't think they're 13, but like I think they're like 10, 11, and 12. And it go, they like have cameras at their practices and at their games and all this stuff. And it like really gives you an inside look at like how intense football is in Texas, even at like a youth age. And some of these coaches are just wild. And like the way they treat some of these kids will shock you at times. But like other times, they're like really good with the kids. So like it just like blows you away how like some of the coaches treat up, treat the kids and how the kids respond to them. And even the parents can be just as like vicious and like wanting to win just as badly as the coaches. And sometimes you just feel bad for some of these kids. But it's really interesting to watch Texas 
tech inside Texas football, especially at the youth age. It's kind of a guilty pleasure of mine with me and some of my college buddies we used to watch and like we used to like act like we wanted to gamble on the games because usually there's like one they like every week is like a new like week of games and then the last few episodes is like the playoffs so like every week it might follow like two or three teams and then at the end of the week it'll show like the game or maybe it'll show the two teams leading up to that game can't really remember i watched it a while ago might have to do a rewatch though because it's pretty good um but yeah it's a it's a pretty good show if you need your uh, if you need a midweek uh, sports football fix, then it's worth a little watch. Uh, in the later seasons, the winner of the league in Texas ends up playing the winner of the Snoop League in California, like Snoop Dogg's league that he runs out there. Um, so it's cool to see them go up against some of the guys that came from the same system that produced guys like Juju Smith. Um, so that was pretty cool. And then if you get through all four seasons and you want more, they had a spinoff show called Friday night Tyke steel country. So it's pretty much the same thing, except it's in like Pittsburgh. It's not as good. Obviously Texas football is just different, but I mean, youth football in Pennsylvania is supposed to be pretty crazy. So if you're interested in that interest, if you like this show, you might be interested in that. And also on Netflix, they dropped another show called coach Snoop, which is Snoop Dogg's league and Snoop Dogg's version of Friday night Tykes. And that's pretty good as well. It might rival Friday Night Tykes a little bit just because Snoop Dogg is so funny and he gets interviewed throughout every episode and it's pretty great. So these are all fun shows and a good way to get a little football fix. And I promise you, you'll get sucked in watching these kids play football. Like it may sound stupid, but once you start watching, like you'll get sucked in and you'll want, want to see what happens in the next episode once the one you've just watched is done. So Go take a go check out Friday Night Tykes if you're looking for a little bit of humor and some good football action. That'll wrap up today's show. We'll be back on Tuesday with another episode where we'll do another MVP talk. We'll do NFL Week 8 review and another episode of TV Time. Watch out for the Dexter Rewatch Pod. Episode 1 will drop on Friday. And if you guys want, go check out my website, mvp-podcast.com. Enjoy today, guys. Peace.